Welcome everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in today. I'm Alexandra. I'm the leader and creative director of the orchestra. And today is kind of a celebration chat, really. We very recently uh, discovered that we'd won the Royal Philharmonic Society Impact Award for our work at the Bethlehem and Maudsley Hospital Schools. And so I thought it would be fitting to talk to the kind of mastermind behind the whole initiative, our lovely <laughs> Director of Participation. I hope that's the right title, is it? Yeah. Fiona, Fiona Lambert. Thank you for joining Hello. me, Fiona. Are you still buzzing? You must be. I am actually. I am really buzzing. I think I think what's really lovely is is because of course we, we kind of knew a little bit before because we had to um make the, the, the speech film, which we had great fun making. So there were there were a few of us who knew. So it's it's kind of been there and around. But what's been really lovely is that since it's been announced, is then getting everybody else's response to it, which is that's been the really special bit, is then everybody else buzzing and then that's created an even bigger buzz because um, so many people have been involved in this this project it's just really lovely to celebrate it with everybody and, and that could you maybe explain a little bit about the award what the award is for and also a little bit about the project at at the hospital school as well yeah so so the award I think I'm right in saying is it's the impact award and it's an award for um for, for different work that's been happening in places that you wouldn't usually hear classical music and taking classical music to to a variety of different settings which it hasn't been taken to before and then the impact that that is then having on the people who are there so in our case it's about taking classical music to young people who are patients at a psychiatric hospital called Bethlehem and Maudsley which is based in two sites one in Maudsley in Camberwell and one in Bethlehem which is down in Beckenham nearby and um, the work that we've been doing, um, we've been working with the young people there who are residents. Um, so they're living, they're living there while they're being treated. And we're doing short projects with them where we go and, and create music with them in the moment. And um, yeah, just give them a nice time making music and it, so that they can express themselves and connect with each other, but also with our musicians. Am I right in thinking that the project's expanding slightly? Yes, so we've already had three years at Bethlehem and Maudsley School and during that time we've managed to work across the whole of those sites, um, even going into the intensive care unit there, working with young people there. Um, and now we're about to go into Lavender Walk Adolescent Unit, which is at Chelsea and Westminster Hospital. And then we're also looking at expanding into a, a hospital in Cambridge um, at Adamsbrooks and going there too. So. The idea is that this work that we've taken and started to build and shape at um, Bethlehem and Maudsley, that we can then start to share it in other places and, and start adapting it and, and working with those young people too. Could, could you also just, for someone who's not experienced, I mean, it's an amazing experience to, to go into the school and work with these young children, um, but, but could you explain what typically happens? I mean, it's not a concert as such, is it? It's the players working alongside creating Maybe you no. can talk a bit more about I mean, that. It's quite interesting because I think when we first started to go in there, there was a bit more of a focus on, on performing to the young people. So I think the original model when I when I first took on the project, um, it was more of a sense of a composer going in and writing material with the young people, which he then orchestrated and then was performed to the young people. And what we've started to do is, is evolve the project where... Um, 
the young people are actually the people making the music. And so, and rather than our players playing to those young people, they're playing with them and alongside them. So it's really reinforcing that young person's sense of them being a musician and this very sort of democratic kind of, we're all in it together and we're all making music together rather than the sense of we're a really amazing orchestra. We're gonna come and show you what we can do. We're actually, we're, we're an amazing orchestra and we wanna connect with you and we wanna play with you and let's see what we can make together. So the way the sessions work now is that we, we go in and, and we, we work with small groups. I mean, it's very different at the moment because we're in COVID time. So I'll also explain what it's like when it's, it's not COVID times. Um, we will go in and we tend to work with a small group and, and use a piece of repertoire that's already existing in, in our concert series at that point. And um, we'll, there'll usually be a player with us, with Gowan um, Hewitt, who leads the project and we'll, we'll play that repertoire to them and there'll be an element of listening, but then also there'll be a sense of like hooking people in and finding moments for them to kind of join in or, or just find a moment. It's quite difficult to describe actually, Alex. I'm finding this really hard. <laughs> it's kind of- All good that, projects are. It's uh, empowering, isn't it? For, for, for both, I think for the musicians, but mainly for the youngsters involved. It's, it's yeah. it lets them feel that they're creating and they are creating. And the sort of joy of discovering things is what it's all about. Stress. Why I'm finding it difficult to describe is because every session is different because it depends who's in the room and where that young person is mm. at at that point in the room. Um, so you might go in the room and there are a lot, of, there are like a group of people who are very subdued and, and they're not really, they don't really want to look at each other, let alone at us. So you're then trying to find a way of just trying to to get spark their interest. And usually Gowan would just have a range of instruments and he just wants people to just get in there and start playing and start sparking their curiosity um, through those instruments and just through playing. And then before you know it, somebody's got a rhythm that they're kind of tapping out. And then the key then is for one of our players to then hear that rhythm being tapped out and then just start to respond to it and start to play along with them. And then before you know it, then everybody is playing together and listening together. So that's that's the kind of magic that happens, but you never know when that moment of curiosity is going to kick in um, and when the, the workshop's gonna lift off. Sometimes it can happen as soon as we go in the room and and, and there's an interest and people are, are, are involved and, and the session's just started. Other times we have to wait 45 minutes for that to happen for people to start feeling confident enough so during that time then there'll be an element of playing to them there'll be an element of them kind of going through a little bit more of a, of a constructed exercise of going sort of like little games or something to just to kind of get their interest but yeah it, it varies every time now this project is is one amazing part of the sort of bigger picture of the participation and well-being and outreach work that we, we do at City of London Symphonia. Obviously, there's not time to go through every single initiative, but is there one or a couple that are particularly special to you or which you feel our audience should know more about? I mean, I think, I think the ones that mean the most to me at the moment are, are the ones that are really pushing our players and are really developing our players and I think they're the projects which are then 
starting to influence the other work that we're doing and the other projects and the other ways of working that we're that we're doing so um that's this particular project sound young minds but also our room to room music project which is the the project that happens in care homes in north london which we're running in partnership with jewish care um the room to room project is it's it's a project that's relatively new we started it over the last two years and we're doing it we what we did was we went to jewish care and we said we'd had a long-standing relationship with them where we'd been delivering a project called Lachaim where we'd been playing um, string quartets and other small ensemble pieces in um, in lounges to residents. But we wanted to see what we could do that, that, that was could really make a deeper impact. And they suggested that we work more with residents who are in isolation in their room because care homes do can get um, a lot of music, but it's for some people it's quite difficult for them to, to come out of their rooms and engage with it. So we devised this project where two of our players will visit each individual in their room and basically just, just meet that person wherever they're at. So if they're sleeping or, or they're feeling sleepy, then, then they will respond with music that, that matches that. Or if they're, they're quite talkative or energetic, then they'll, they'll, they'll find ways of trying to connect with how they're feeling and their mood um, and reflect it back to them through the music, if that makes sense. So. I don't know if I'm describing it very well, very well but um, it's basically trying to find a way of connecting with that individual through through music and a sort of shared conversation um, with that person and the way that they might be breathing or if they start to sing or if they wiggle a finger then our players will will respond so it's not about taking in repertoire on a music stand and playing to them it's about creating a piece of music with that person in that space at that time. I mean, sometimes there will be music that's played, but it's usually music that a player knows off by heart um, and they've memorized it because it's a piece of music that means something to them. So there was a, a situation where there was a person who really loved Bach and I saw Becky, one of our cellists, go in and just play a whole suite to this person and just from memory. And this really deep connection kind of happened in that moment. Um, but I think, I think it's really challenging for our players because they're having to learn to just go into an environment and just respond to a person and connect with a person in that moment through their through their instrument and through their music but they have to bring quite a lot of themselves mm. in that situation and they're learning to work with each other to to create this kind of these relationships where they trust each other enough to to work in that way too um, but they're also developing their own sort of skills and their own kind of confidence to just see where it goes, um, if that makes sense. And through that, there's this really sort of deep engagement. And so that that's something that they're, they're learning to do, which they're then I'm seeing, and they talk about it a lot, they're then taking it to lots of other places. So they're taking it into the work that we're doing in children's hospitals. They're taking it into our comfortable classical work. They're just... There's just this desire to really connect with an individual as themselves and then bring their music and all their knowledge and skills with it. Does that make sense? <laughs> Completely. I mean, it's what music's about. I mean, it's about connecting. The individuals might be in an audience in a sort of normal concert setting, but it's about making connections with people, uh, responding to an atmosphere in a room, be that one person or thousands of people. Um, so I think it's, 
it's important it's a skill that we're, we're not taught though necessarily no. um and, and that's the difficulty i think for, yeah. for a lot of musicians i think and i think it's it's puts a lot of musicians in a really, really vulnerable place as well, because so much of, of a musician's training is about being excellent at, at playing and to then kind of um, step away from that and go into this kind of unknown void where potentially there, there could be a feeling of being judged at not, as not being excellent at, at playing, then it, it, it can put them in a very vulnerable position. And it, you know, and a lot of people don't want to go there because yeah, it, it's scary and it goes against a lot of the training and, and preparation that, that people are taught at, at music colleges and other places. So I think that's when it's it's sort of my duty and Fee, our other producers' duty to kind of really care for those players and, and support them because I think we're really acknowledging that, that it does put them in a bit vulnerable position. So we need to make sure that there's as much support and training um, or not training, training is the wrong word. It sort of suggests that, that there's nothing there to work with already. I think it, it's the development, it's the support and there's a foundation there for them to fall back on. You, you're talking about training or experience building for the musicians. Yeah. I'd love to know how you yourself uh, got into this whole participation <laughs> side of work. What, what drew you into this area? Uh, I think I, I've come from a, a, a sort of backgrounds where I, I wasn't no one really learned to play an instrument in my family I think I was one of the first people to learn an instrument I I, I don't know I'd always seen arts and culture as something for, for other people that it was kind of something kind of over here that 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 wasn't always accessible and I and I don't know what that's about I don't know where that's come from but um I remember going to do a workshop with Glyndebourne when I was at school at secondary school and it just kind of opened this door to me I'd always thought that opera and classical music was just very difficult and then suddenly or, or and wasn't for people like me and then the, it, it was just kind of all deconstructed for me and I just thought gosh it's not it's not that hard at all it's just it just needed to be unlocked and I think that experience has always been my drive to kind of just unlock unlock these sort of um cultural worlds that some people might feel is unattainable for them but I don't know what reasons because actually when you do deconstruct it and unlock it all it's actually very easy to engage with but for some reason that there are these sort of barriers there so um yeah so I managed eventually once I graduated from university I I contacted Glyndebourne for work experience and their education team and they they let me come on board to do some work experience and then I eventually managed to get a job there for the season and then I kind of worked worked my way up over the years working in some amazing learning and participation departments so I started at Glyndebourne so very much got a training in participating work where you're with an art form that is so multi-layered because you've got you've got the music in the orchestra but then you've also got the singing and you have the stage work and the choreography and the design and the costumes so it was a wonderful world to work in in terms of participation because there's so many different levels that you can bring people in and engage with the work and then I worked at Spitalfields Music for for three years working in Tower Hamlets and learned a lot then about different cultures and different backgrounds and and ways of working 
and then I was at ENO for four, four or five years and that was really great training because I think at that point I started to learn more to work with company artists so trying to find ways of getting the chorus involved in projects or the stage crew involved in projects and and um yeah that kind of connection to the actual company itself making sure that that was represented in the work of participation because so often especially in big organizations back in sort of the 90s or the noughties it was kind of quite separate so I was constantly trying to connect it back um and when I was at I then went to um, the South Bank Centre and looked after all their artists in residence. And I think that's when a lot of my sort of experience of working with artists then started to really get honed, um, trying to find ways of working with artists who were really established, particularly at the South Bank Centre, and find ways of, I sat within the participation team, but it was trying to find ways of them to kind of break down their work and yeah make it accessible to a whole variety of audiences which was just um yeah just brilliant training because in that environment I was working with people like Gillian Moore and Jude Kelly and also with some amazing artists that they had there and also again multidisciplinary. so I think it was it was just great training to work there and then I went to the Opera House for six years working in their learning and just a participation department and just did yeah many 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 different types of projects for for a while I was a ballet learning manager I don't I'm not quite sure how I became a ballet learning manager for the Royal Ballet but I did for I did sort of nine months maternity cover with them um yeah worked with the orchestra worked a lot with the, with the opera company have worked with people of lots of different ages and backgrounds um and, and alongside that, I've also been an examiner at the Royal Academy of Music. Um, I examine all the workshops of all the open academy uh, musicians. So they're all the musicians who are being trained to kind of work in participatory settings. So that, that was also a fantastic way to kind of sort of look at how do you support and shape those young musicians who are coming through to become lead artists. And, and then I came to CLS. So it's kind of it's all been quite very kind of big organizations and massive works, but I feel like it's all the, the thread there is like working with the artists and and always trying to find a way of making the art accessible to everybody, anybody and everybody. And I feel like a big part of it as well is working with the artists. You need to kind of support people to kind of also understand how to do that and present themselves. and. Sorry, that was a very long garbled. No, it was extreme, <laughs> extremely impressive for a Zuma, goodness me. And we have Glyndebourne to thank for such a lot as well. I think it's amazing that it was that uh, workshop you went to, it should have opened your eyes to, to music in a way. And then, you know, that you went there for work experience. I mean, that's testament, shows lots of young people out there that you should write and ask and you never know what yeah, will happen. It was also, I mean, that that was a really formative time because people like Jonathan Dove were, were workshop leaders when I was there. And um, people like Stephen Langridge, who's now the artistic director of Glyndebourne, he was a he was like leading workshops too. So I feel like that kind of training and background, it kind of, I keep saying training, that experience, it kind of um, showed me that 
the best artists who lead this work don't see a difference between working with a professional or a non-professional and the fact that those people who were really rooted in participation and learning and participation work who have now gone on and they're leading these massive institutions and it, I think it shows how blended the work now is that that yeah artistically there should not be a compromise at all would you say that it is working with the sort of individual performers players which drew you to CLS because obviously it's a much smaller outfit than many that you've mentioned um is that you know what enticed you to join us and also what what, what else do you find that's sort of special about CLS because how long have you been with us now like three years three years gosh yeah yeah I think I think the thing that because I always sort of thought oh I'm not sure if I want to work for an orchestra just because I'd always worked mostly in opera where where the orchestra is just one element of a huge production but then I'm, when I looked at the CLS brief and the website I think the thing that really came through was that it was trying to do things differently and that's always been my big passion about how do you present work differently so that people can come at it differently um and and come to it in a different way and um I think the thing that was always emblazoned across everything was the fact that we didn't see it you didn't well you didn't see a difference because I wasn't part of it then between um participation work and the concert stage and I thought that's a really fantastic ambition to have and I want to be part of it but also I want to see how far we can go with that and um that was my big drive I think was to kind of go well let's go somewhere small and let's just see what we can do and what we can create with something small that could then be a model for so many other places about how to do this work mm. I mean it's been amazing three years it really has been fantastic and we're very lucky to have you oh. so thank you thank you for all that you do for us I'm going to end I hope it's not a, a nasty question I think I think it's a, a good one let's see um <laughs> In lockdown one, of course, our comfortable classical at home grew quite a following in the end. And I think people love to tune in. Not, it wasn't just about the music. It was about meeting the players, getting to know them, hearing about their interests. Sometimes you met their partners, their families, their ponies, their hedgehogs. You know, it was about the whole, the whole thing. If you were to do a comfortable classical at home yourself, what interesting things would we learn about Fiona and Fiona's fa family maybe? That is such a good question. <laughs> that happens all the time. It's very interesting how I'm able to hide myself in this <laughs> Yeah, you always say be yourself. So exactly. I'm constantly getting other people to pull themselves out. So yeah, what would be with me? Well, that's a very good question. What would I pull out? I would They'd probably be my wardrobe. They would probably oh. be clothes. Yeah, there would be a lot of outfit changes because I am all about but your opera past. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> I think so. There would be the music. Um, we're not talking about music programming, are we? we, we no, I'm. I'm talking purely music aside. <laughs> the other stuff, which actually okay. I think was was why it felt so innovative, because. I don't know, it was nice to sort of get a glimpse into other people's lives and to feel that the people making music, that you sort of understood them a little bit. 
so so we would definitely have we definitely have frocks and we definitely have accessories um there would definitely be my children in there um my 12 well nearly 12 year old violinist son oh. complete maths geek as well I'm sure there would be something which would involve me playing with him in some way um and then I have uh, a six-year-old daughter who is such a little theatrical artist and she would be dancing and demonstrating cartwheels and no doubt we'd probably present aspects of it as well which I would encourage as much as possible and probably my husband hoovering in the background or something. Hoovering, oh very good, yes. <laughs> or something. He'd probably make an appearance reluctantly but um in a comedy way we'd, we'd probably frame it. I think there would be a lot of gags, there'd be a lot of jokes um in and uh in very subtle ways I think I'm, I'm always for a little bit of uh of comedy I think I think that's the way in if you make people laugh it makes people feel comfortable so yeah there'd definitely be a bit of dance in there too <laughs> we and should, a lot of interaction with people we should do it I think it should be the next thing from the office each of you that's your mission is to present a comfortable classical in the office or at home such a good question though such a good question alex thank I think you it would be good it, well, thank you so much Fiona. it's been lovely to speak to you and congratulations again on the award i mean it's sort of a it consolidates what we all knew and it's a, a lovely um reality isn't it to show the hard work that you've been putting in and the team have been putting in of course um so thank you for all of that and thank you for giving your time today it's been lovely to talk to you thank you and I, look, I look forward to your comfortable classical I'm going to plot it now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks ever so much. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye.